just want to thank you all for being here. It's August, right? Our teachers are like, don't remind me one more second. Our students are like, ah, you know, that kind of thing. But we're still celebrating. It is August and it is muggy out once again here in central Pennsylvania. Um, so I'm Pastor Chris. Welcome. If I haven't met you, um, hope to meet you. Um, and we have a meal, a common meal following our service today too. So I hope that you'll stick around. I hope we'll get a chance to hang out and talk, and there, talk that there's a wiffle ball tournament or a wiffle ball home run derby. I'm sorry. So um, we need to dethrone our champions from last year um, who have been practicing apparently. I've seen some videos of them practicing their, their hitting. But anyway, no cheating, no cheating. That's what we're saying. But anyway, we're um, in this series, Brain Games. Um, I've, this is part four, actually. Um, and um, over these last few weeks and really through Labor Day, we're in this series that we've been talking about mental health, kind of the hush-hush the thing often in church circles and as Christians, like, you know, lot, lots of people don't want to talk about those things. So we've been talking about it. We've brought to the table anxiety, depression. Um, next week, we're going to talk about chronic negativity. Um, we're going to talk about trauma and abuse, and we're also going to talk about burnout, um, and some of the things that if you haven't struggled with, you probably know someone or have someone in your family maybe that has struggled with it. And we're seeing what, um, what, what God has to say about those things. And once again, this is a both and, that mental health and faith, they actually go together. And it's not that you pray them away, but that you work together with the ways, um, even through medical science, that God has given us as gifts. So today we're going to talk about something that um, we all do and is so very common. Um, it's often overlooked or ignored. And according to the World Health Organization, Americans, Americans have a bigger problem with this issue than people in any country around the world. Americans have a bigger problem. So basically, the most affluent country in the world is the most worry-filled society in the world. Right? We win! We win that one. Not very, I don't know if I'm very proud of that, but we win. We're the most, it's kind of ironic, isn't it? Um, and, and so what does that mean? Well, that means that most of us are really worried. <laughs> We're worried right now. Um, according to some research that was done by Barna, 60% um, of adults, 60% of adults in the United States struggle with worry on a daily, daily, every single day, a daily basis. And so the, you know what that means, right? That, that one out of every two of us in this room is worried. When you look at your neighbor, like if you're not worried, look at him, look at her, right? There you go. Where one out of every two is worried. And that also means that you're prone to your mind drifting during, and you're, I'm guilty of this too, right? My mind drifting during worship, you know, you're, you're worried about like your child or what somebody is thinking or an upcoming situation that you have, or there's a job or there's an a, event or there's a health thing, an appointment that you have. Maybe you're worried about some like societal things, um, things going on in, in the country or racism or terrorism. Maybe you're even worried about what the price of eggs will be a month from now because it changes, right? Remember that? But, but anyway, but why, is it, why is it that we find so many of us, uh, why do we struggle with worry? Um, because I guarantee this, that if you are awake, if you find yourself awake at 2 a.m., I promise you that you're not awake trying to manage all the peace and joy in your life. You're probably not. <laughs> See, we live in a culture where worry is, is really a commonly accepted a part of life. 
And, um, and so that's why we're going to talk about it today, right? Um, and, and you might ask, though, that if you've been with us the last few weeks, um, you might ask, well, Pastor Chris, why are we talking about worry when just a couple of weeks ago we talked about anxiety? Like, didn't we just already talk about this message? Are you getting out of writing a sermon this week? But, um, but I want to I talk about that for a second. In, in your sermon notes, too, there's room there. To, they can kind of follow along if you're a note taker in that way. Um, feel free to pull that out. But, but I think it is a, good, real, a really good question. What is the difference between worry and anxiety? Well, they're related and they overlap, but they're different. See, we tend to experience worry in our minds, but we tend to experience anxiety in our bodies. And once again, your mind, yes, is part of your body. Like, I get that. Um, that, that anxiety is a more like holistic or more of a, a really broad term. And I think a good example kind of is described like this. Like, you might worry, say you're going on a trip. You might worry you're going to miss your flight. You might worry you're going to miss your flight. That may, you might worry that you're going to be late for an appointment. But you feel anxious about traveling. You feel anxious about doctors. See, see there's, there's a difference. There's, there's also a difference, too, between worry and care. And we get these mixed up all the time, right? That they're not the same, worrying and caring. Um, we confuse them. We think that if I'm not worried about something, that means what? I don't care about something. And that's actually not true. The two things are not related. You can still not worry about something and still care or hold it to a very high regard. And, and so it may feel like that with all the, the problems in the world today, you know, somebody needs to worry about them, right? And it's going to be you. You're going to take that on. But, but, the, but the thing is, Jesus, Jesus tells us, though, over and over in Scripture that we don't have to. And I think it was a reminder back then, once again, 2,000 years ago, some things never change, but it's a struggle that we have as human beings. And so in Matthew chapter 6, um, Jesus, along these lines, he tells his followers, he, he tells us multiple times, do not worry. So let's, let's read this short little verse together, this first short section of the verse. Ready, set, go. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. Do not worry. But, but we have to pause here. Because anytime you see the words, anytime you kind of jump in in any, like a verse in the Bible, anytime you see the words, therefore, anytime you see the words, therefore, you're supposed to ask the question, what is it? Therefore. Get that little pun there. Anyway, ask what it's there for. Look at what comes before. Look, like, back up. Look back up in the passage. And if we do that, we, we look at verses 24 to 25, and we see that Jesus says this. He says, you cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. Uh, see, he goes on, he's using this, this, this section of his speech, of, of what he's preaching here, basically to cover five of the biggest topics that most of us worry about. See, Jesus says this. He says, don't worry about, ready, finances, food, fitness slash health, fashion or future. And this week, um, if you're friends with me on Facebook, um, I haven't been on Instagram yet. I need to do that because like our younger people are like, Facebook, that's the old people, right? But anyway, I put this poll out to Facebook, right? It's true, right? I need to be on IG. But um, anyway, so we did this like Facebook poll about um, like which of these two people struggle with and, and that kind of thing. And um, I had like 85 people that responded. And I was like, this is kind of crazy. So we're warriors. I'm a warrior. Um, and it was interesting that, that uh, the, the kind of highest count, I went through all the responses. Some people listed like four of them. 
Um, you know, some people listed like one or two. Somebody listed that they're worried about their getting Reese's cups or something. Um, who knows, right? Um, kind of random things. But, but basically, uh, the, the, the health aspect, health or, or, and, and, and wellness and, and like, you know, death goes along with that. Um, that, as well as like relationships, were the two biggest things that people worried about. They both had like 42, 43 votes. Um, then came finances and future that had... Um, 22 and 23 votes. Um, it was interesting, nobody said fashion, um, which is one of the things that Jesus talks about um, that we do worry about. And if we really admitted it, we do worry about it. So, you know, you get up in the morning, you're like, what should I wear? What is she going to think of me? What are they going to do? You know, that kind of thing. Maybe you don't, I don't know. But anyway, going back to the scripture, Jesus starts with finances. That was that scripture we just read, that you cannot serve both God and money. You know, money can ease very easily become an idol for us, something that gets in the way of our relationship with God that we wind up worshiping with all of ourselves and our, our, our time. But, but basically, he, he talks about, he starts off with finances, saying, like, don't overly focus and obsess about money. Um, and, and then he goes, so verse 25, he continues, says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. And then he goes on, what will you will eat or drink? That's the food part. Or about your body, that's kind of like the fitness or the health. Um, what you will wear, that's your fashion. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? See, we have to understand too that, that Jesus, he's talking, the crowd he's talking to was probably very worried about these things and especially like the food aspect too because, because these are people who were poor. <laughs> these are people who were not well off. These are people who were scraping together what they had. And, and for many of us, truthfully, um, you know, many of us in this room online, um, we've never actually worried about food like that. But I can guarantee you there are many people that worry about food and I would say very much even in this community. You may not see them, you may not know. We would probably have people here too that have struggled more about like, you know, what it's going to be for, how am I going to put food on the table for my kids tomorrow night? Um, but the rest of us, what do we worry about when it comes to food? We worry about where we're going to eat. And then what do we do? We fight about it, right? You fight. We're going Cracker Barrel. We're going for the bur for Nito Burrito. I don't know, right? And then, and then what do we do? We eat too much of it. We eat too much. And sometimes you feel bad about breaking your diet. And, and so, but, but what Jesus is saying here altogether is that let's not obsess, though. Let's not obsess about that which is temporary. Once again, this is, doesn't mean we don't care that there's no concern. But, but that let's focus, though, your focus of your life, let that be on what matters and what is eternal, not what is temporary, because then he goes on after that part, talking about what you eat or drink. He says about your body, right? He says, don't worry about your body. Basically, he's not saying don't care about this. Because we know from other scripture, like God has given us and blessed us with bodies. And we should take care of them. Like, talk, talking about the temple of the Holy Spirit. Like, we need to take care of our, ourselves. Um, but, but don't obsess about it. Don't obsess about your health and about like, your fitness and what you look like. Um, he's not saying don't care about your body. He's saying take care of yourself. But so much time and energy that we spend about worrying. And then there's that piece 
there's that piece, what you will wear, right? The thing that we don't want to admit, like, especially those of us that are, that are women too, you know, that we often go places and you think, well, people have an expectation of what you, of what you should look like. Um, you know, you think about what are you going to look like in the photos that they post of you online? Um, which outfit? Which shoes? You know, what about your hair? Like, does it look, are you wearing an outdated style? Are you still wearing the thing that you've been wearing for 15 years? Like, is that a bad thing? Um, you know, especially as women, like, we're constantly judged. We're constantly judged. And we think about that. You can't help but think about it. And then you judge, what do you do, too? Well, judge other people. Look what she's wearing. Oh, my gosh, she's wearing that again? I can't believe it, right? All those types of things. And, but, but looking at these things, though, about, about our bodies, about what we eat or drink, that obsession, about our, our fashion, um, you know, for some of us, I imagine that if we spent as much time thinking about God as shopping or working out or eating or obsessing about what we're going to wear, that might change the trajectory of our lives. The time and the energy that we spend worrying and thinking and overthinking and doing those things, instead, pushing that towards our relationship with God, what about the thing that lasts? See, Jesus is causing us to examine what we are worrying about, what we're investing ourselves in, what are the things that will not last? Once again, don't not care about them, but what is your focus? What are you investing in? And, and I love this. Moving on to verse 34, like fast forward a little bit. Jesus, this, is, this is a great verse like to keep in your phone, keep a reminder. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Jesus is pretty smart, isn't he? I love it. I love that. Tomorrow will worry about itself, right? Isn't that, that's just like, Perfect. You know, so he's saying there that future piece, the fifth thing. Don't obsess about the future. You can get so caught in the future, guess what you miss? The right now. What's what's happening right now? You know, that you you can outline so many scenarios in your head about what's going to happen. What if this, what if that, what if that? But but what about right here and right now? And, and what if those things what if Jesus is right, right? That tomorrow will worry about itself. Tomorrow will take care of itself. But what I, I also love about Jesus, though, is that he doesn't just tell us not to worry. He doesn't say just, just like, stop it, right? Stop it. Just don't worry. He shows us how not to worry. And you look in, in Matthew in 6, uh, verse 26, he says this, and this is, this is a great comparison. He says, Look at the birds of the air. Anybody a bird watcher here? You like what, you have feeders and that kind of thing, right? Okay, so look at the birds, right? You're good. Jesus likes you. Um, so G the birds of the air. He does. He likes you. Um, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Think, just look at that. Like, they don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than just like the cute little robin that's out there, or the cardinal, or the, the finch, whatever those are, right? God says, Jesus says, God loves you way more than he does the birds. And guess what? The birdies don't worry. <laughs> they don't worry. You know, I mean, and to be clear, so if a bird is hungry, the bird does something about it, right? The early bird gets the what? The worm. Like, the bird goes out and does that kind of thing. But, but I think this illustrates, though, that difference between concern and worry. That concern when you're concerned about something, you, you can be concerned, meaning that your attention is, is undivided on something, that you can focus on challenges, but the concern moves you to action. See, worry does the opposite. Worry focuses on what's beyond your control, 
and results in inaction. So a good thing to do is when there's something to worry about, to determine, hey, is this a challenge that's in my control? Can I change something about what's moving forward? Or is this totally beyond my control, totally beyond anything that I can do to have an influence on this? Um, but worrying just results in thinking about it without any action that has to do it. Um, you know, some examples, you might think, well, you know, my marriage is struggling. Like, well, concern would say, okay, recognize that. There's something that's maybe in your control. Maybe you should go to therapy together and get some counseling. Um, maybe something's happened. Maybe you, you've gained 12 pounds, right? You just went to the doctor and you're like, oh my gosh, right? Well, that's kind of, that can be a concern. You can worry about that. But if it were a concern, then maybe you would move on to action and say, well, maybe I should cut out some foods or soft drinks that I've been drinking. See, worry focuses on what's beyond our control. And, and it results, though, in inaction because you can't really do anything about it. Um, a preacher that I heard once said this, said, said, worry is stewing without doing. Stewing without doing. You can, worry. you can worry about a lot of things that could be in the concern category because you basically choose not, nothing about it. But then there's other things that are beyond your control. And that's why, that's why Jesus asks an important question in verse 27. He asks, once again, Jesus is so bright here, he says, Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? What's the answer to that? No, right? In other words, he says, you worry, but has anything gotten better because of it? Can you think about that? Like the times that you've worried in the past, has anything gotten better because of it? No. Jesus is saying it's not helpful. Nothing gets better. You know, the only thing that, that happens, your mental health gets worse. And I'd say this, especially if there's a complicating factor, say you, you suffer from chronic depression or anxiety, like that worry can actually exacerbate those feelings. And going back to the birds, like the birds don't worry. The birds also don't sit around and do nothing either. Um, but the, the birds don't wait for God to drop food in their laps. You know, birds don't have laps, of course. But, but, but you know, what does a bird do? You, ne you never hear a bird, you never hear a bird, chirping at 2 a.m., pacing its little nest, asking if the supply chain problem is going to result in the shortage of worms either. <laughs> they just don't do that. But when we're worrying, though, we're basically saying, you know what worry says? We're basically saying, it all depends on me, and I'm not enough. Worry, that's what worry says. It's everything. It all depends on me, and I am never enough. And let me say this, neither is true. Neither is true. It doesn't depend on you. It doesn't depend on you. And, and you are enough. But it's not about getting through. It's not about making things right in that regard. It's trusting that God himself will bring you through it. And see, what I've realized in my own life, even this week as I've been reflecting on this, all the worries that I've had and you know, I'm a, my, my, my mama, my, you've probably met her, she's been here, like, she'll tell you, like, stop worrying, stop sawing sawdust, you know, about certain things that I've been worrying about. And, um, but it, so I've caused reflection on that kind of stuff, too. Um, and, and what I've realized, and kind of like as I've been thinking and praying about this, and maybe this relates to you, I don't know, but what I've realized is what I worry about the most reveals where I trust God the least. Think about that. Where, what I worry about the most reveals or is revealed from me where I trust God the least. Think about that. What, what is it for you? What is it for you? Is it a relationship or a health concern? Is it finances? Is it a ins personal insecurity? You know, you feel like I never measure up. I don't have what it takes. I'll never be able to do that. 
Um, but, but we have to recognize that maybe we're, we're not trusting God in that area. Maybe we're holding that to ourselves. And once again, that's something that, that it all depends on me. That's, that's not true. Um, you know, what do we do when we recognize or realize that there's that certain area that I'm not trusting God in that area? When I am trying to take back control in some way, even though I can't really do anything about it. Um, well, if you know this about trust, trust is not something you can just whip up in the kitchen in five minutes. It takes time takes time. But, but that's a good question. You know, what do we do when we recognize that there's a certain area that we're struggling? Um, and Jesus actually shows us uh, what our role is in Matthew 6.33. Um, he says this, but, but, but seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Meaning that when you're worried or panicked or freaked out, to seek him first. It seems like a very simple thing. Seek him first. Seek his presence. Seek his way. Seek his kingdom. You know, asking really, well, like, is, is God first in my life? You know, because there can be that sense, of, that, that sense of peace, that sense of hope, that regardless of what the storm is brewing around you or the battle that you're facing, to say that God's got this and I'm, and I'm not alone in this. You know, is God first in your life? You know, where, or if he's not, where does he rank? Think about that. Where does he rank? What would it look like? What would it look like to be intentional about making, making him first in your day? You know, to, to, that when you wake up or, or when you're with your family or ready right before a meeting that you're ready to have. What if you would take that time to pray? To start off like mentally, once again, mentally, starting off with your mind with a posture of prayer, with a posture of seeking God, also recognizing the things you can control and the things that you can't. The people you can control the people you can't, right? All those things, going to him in prayer. Um, or or there, there, there's something else going on. You know, maybe, maybe there's, there's something going else going on in your life that you recognize, hey, you know what? I need to recognize, instead of just worrying about the future, I need to recognize the blessings of the present. Um, recognize that, hey, I've been blessed in this way, and because of that, I can give thanks to God even in the moment of uncertainty about what's up ahead. See, all of this... It's an incredible opportunity to put your cares and your worries back in the hands of God. Back in the hands of God. Because you know what's true too? I want to I show you three things that's true, but that are true about what you're worried about today, what I'm worried about today. There's three things that are true about whatever the worry is that you're carrying right now. So what you're worried about today, first off, may never happen. It may never happen. Uh, there's this story of this husband and wife um, and this wife was a well-known warrior in her family. And the husband asked his wife, why are you always worrying when it doesn't do any good? And she quickly piped back, oh, yes, it does. Most things I worry about never wind up happening. <laughs> right? But it's true. It may never happen. I don't think it's worrying helps in that regard. But, but they never happen. Um, there were actually a study done at Penn State, Penn State University. Um, researchers asked people to document what they were worried about, and how many of their fears happened over the course of 30 days. This is something you can do, by the way. So over a month's time, they had people like write down or put in their phones in an app um, about what they're worried about, and then follow up like what actually took place. Well, do you know it, Dagnabbit, 90% of their worries did not come true. 91% of their worries, the things that they worried about during that month, never happened. Never happened. Think about that. Less than 10% of what we worry about actually happens. 
You know, but what I can guarantee you is that your worry will rob you of peace 100% of the time. It will rob you of seeing the current blessings and enjoying moments right in front of you. But the second thing, second thing that might happen, and they may never happen, but they may happen, but they may not be as bad as you thought. It might not be as bad as you thought. It's really common, right? Don't we go there? I don't know if you do this. Like, you go there. It's going to be awful. It's going to be the worst thing in the world. And then what happens? And you go and you realize, eh, that wasn't so bad, right? Wasn't so bad. I mean, you know, it's, and it's different for different people, you know, uh, different things. Um, but maybe, you know, you're doing a presentation and you were so worried about this presentation. Hey, public speaking. Hey, preparation. A presentation. And maybe it didn't go great or as great as you thought. But guess what? Nobody really cared. Nobody's really listening anyway. You know, like, you worried about that, right? Not as bad as I thought. Or you're worried about somebody's angry at you. And then finally, you're like worried about it for days. And finally, you go up to them and you're like, hey, are you angry about me? And they're like, what? Right? And you're like, oh, my gosh. Right? Maybe it's not as bad. And they're like, oh, yeah, I was a little ticked at first, but, you know, I got over it. Um, or maybe, maybe you've once said something really stupid and people, like, laughed at you, not with you, but at you. And, um, and guess what? You, you found out that actually a few people like you more now because they, you messed up and now they see you as human. <laughs> How about that? You know, or maybe you've ever had like your wisdom teeth out or like had had dental work or that kind of thing. And you've been like, oh, worried about that or whatever. And then like you get through it or have a surgery and you're like, you got the puffy face, you got whatever. And you're like, you know what? That ain't so bad. But guess what? I'm pain free now. Oh my gosh, right? See, what you're worried about, it may not happen. But if it does happen, it may not be as bad as what you've been thinking. It may not be as bad as what you thought. But then the third category, it may happen. It may happen. But God will carry you through it. And it seems very cliche, you know, but there is a chance it may happen and it may be bad. You know, there may be a diagnosis. There may be somebody in your life that there's a very, very rough relationship um, that, that, yes, you worried about not getting hired or promoted and yet that happened, maybe wrestling with that disappointment. But even in the midst of it, in the midst of that experience, the, the goodness and the graciousness and the pres presence and provision and the peace of God you begin to experience in a way that you've never experienced before. To know that you have a God who's walking alongside you, a God who's in solidarity with you, in solidarity in your pain and in your struggle and knows it and gets it and loves you anyway. That it may happen, but God will carry you through it. And the people of God, let me say this too, that's one of the cool things about being a part of a church, a community of faith, is that the people of God, God works through as well. That God works through people also to help you up when you can't stand on your own. Brothers and sisters who you probably in a never million years ever would have gathered in the same room at the same time because your interests are different and your circles are different. But guess what? We help support one another as well and lift each other up in our needs. And, and so all of this is really to say, and this is kind of a simple statement, you probably knew this coming in here, but worry just isn't worth it. Worry's not worth it. Worry is a robber. It's a thief. It robs us of, of so much. And I think this, this, this series, this series has been really hitting home with so many of us because so many of us are hurting. And so many of us are, are, are carrying burdens and, and fighting battles. Um, but, but what I've found is that often we get to know God the best when we need him the most. 
when we trust, you know, carrying a burden that that has been so difficult to bear might be that opportunity to to take that to that relationship or that worry or that situation or that very thing that you dread. Take that to God and to know that he loves you and he cares for you and more than the birds. Um, and, and he cares with you and he walks with you every step of the way and to know that he is good. And so whatever you're worried about today, relax. Jesus says, trust me. Trust me in this one. Don't worry, don't freak out. It's a complicated world for sure. But seek him first. Seek him first. And it probably won't happen, but even if it does, it may not be as bad as you thought. And even if it is as bad as you thought, he'll help you carry it through it. And he's with you because he loves you.